Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. What's up, San Diego? On this Tuesday afternoon, welcome into Gwen and Chris, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Zello, Matt Scraby with you for four hours. Man, Monday Night Football, uh, our little four-lay parlay went to bed quite oh. early. Oh, man. Kyler Murray goes down with a season-ending ending torn ACL, yeah. non-contact injury. I didn't see it, but you know, usually when people start gathering around a guy, it's usually either really bad news involving a, a neck or it's a knee. In this case, Kyler Murray goes down with a knee injury. That pretty much uh, set up the the Arizona Cardinals for failure from that point on in that game. Uh, New England um, is able to get the victory, um, but they do, as I said, lose um, Kyler Murray. In terms of World Cup, Argentina blasts through Croatia 3-0. Messi put on a show. Uh, he continues his quest for his first World Cup championship, and uh, you know, I, I I saw you know I fo- I followed Jerickson Profar on the on IG Chris talk about it, and uh, you know, as soon as I saw Fernando eating in the background, I thought to myself, man, people are gonna go crazy about just seeing him. <laughs> More importantly, uh, he was still in the cast. <laughs> And so, you know, you just knew that people were going to just start going to town on assumptions on what exactly is happening. Are you but... kidding me? He was eating while in a cast? <laughs> well, I think the Trade fact... him to the Yankees immediately. Oh, I think my. the fact He's that damaged the... goods. I think the fact that the cast is still on with uh, two months to go is, is the worry. Yeah. Well... It's the worry. That is a, a, a fake worry in, in, in <laughs> my fake worry. Yeah, in he my wasn't estimation. supposed to be ready until uh, you know mid January, February. Right. So, so yeah. I, I don't really think that's an issue and his suspension isn't over till the end of April. If his cast is on at the end of April, then you can be concerned. But yeah, I'm not gonna worry too much about that. I mean, uh, you know, I think the other thing is, you know, maybe it keeps alive a little hope that Jerkson Profar still has a connection to the Padres. I, I, I think there are probably some people thinking that. I don't know the profile returns to San Diego, but uh, you know I'd like to believe there's still an opportunity. I mean, there's still a spot, you know, in this lineup for a DH or a left fielder or a, a hybrid type, 
a, a player in some some way, shape, or form. So, Jerkson Profire, you could do a whole lot worse than re-signing him. Yeah. I just don't know if you if he fits into your into your budget after all the money the Padres have spent so far. Yeah, that uh, certainly uh, is something on the mind of a, of a lot of Padre fans. Uh, well, I can tell you one thing that is no longer on the Padres' mind, and that's bringing back Pierce Johnson, who is expected to announce a, a one-year agreement, it looks like, with the Colorado Rockies. And, you know, it may it's so not... It's funny. The Colorado Rockies are like the... Uh, they get all the leftovers. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, you know, I, I was going to say, it, it it doesn't seem like a big issue at this point, but um, Pierce Johnson pitched in a pretty big role for the Padres last year um, when he came back from, from injury. Prior to the injury, he was one of the Padres' better relievers. So you lose some depth uh, at the very least with, uh, with Pierce Johnson headed to Colorado, uh, and he stays in division. He, but he does get to pitch at home. He is from uh, in the Denver or the Denver area, the Colorado area, um, so at least he, he gets to go back home there. Well, good for Pierce Johnson and uh, good for the Colorado Rockies. I kind of forgot they were an actual team in Major League Baseball <laughs> until the signing. I mean, they haven't been heard from the entire offseason. So evidently the Rockies are really pushing for a, you know, it's been uh, 15 years since the Rockies have been to the World Series. So uh, they're obviously pushing for a return trip. Uh, Pierce Johnson going to lead them there. I, yeah, I, I'll just say this. I'm going to miss Pierce Johnson. I mean, he's, he was one of my favorite interviews. That we did on Friar Fridays. He he's a good dude and uh, pitched pretty well when he was healthy. So, but I I also didn't expect that the Potters are going to be able to keep everybody. Yeah, that's not true. When you make the changes that they've made and the additions that they've made, so uh, Pierce Johnson becomes a casualty of uh, the world of free agency, and uh, you know he'll pitch against the uh, the Padres now in a Colorado uniform. So. Yeah, uh, and some sad news we we mentioned uh, yesterday that uh, Mississippi State coach Mike Leach had been hospitalized. It was reported it was a, a massive heart attack. Uh, yesterday or last night he passed away yeah. due to complications related to that heart condition. And so, um, you know, Mississippi State is in a bowl game, so they'll they'll uh, be going to this bowl without their head coach who, who passes away at the, the very young age of, of 61, Chris. Yeah, it's it's a really a shame. Evidently had told some people at ESPN that uh, he had struggled with pneumonia during the season. And uh, I, I, I tell you, that's a scary word, pneumonia. Nothing ever good comes from any kind of struggles with pneumonia. Uh, although uh, he said he was feeling better at the end of the season, he was at practice on Saturday and then uh, suffered his health issue on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, news has really uh, hit college football hard. Mike uh, Mike Leach uh, was an interesting character, and, yeah. and character is really the word. Uh, you know, he came up with, uh, he called it the air raid offense. I, I don't know how different, so different it was from what Don Coryell brought to, you know, San Diego back in the late 70s with Air Coryell, but... You know, Mike Leach was throwing the football around 50 times a game before everybody else was doing it. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a tree, too, a coaching tree. He did. And, uh, you know, I mean, at Texas Tech, he had some success. He had some success at Washington State. And and he basically had success at schools that never really had had success before. I mean, Washington State was pretty much a nothing, you know, until he got there. In 2012, I think they'd had one run to the Rose Bowl with Ryan Leaf many, many years ago. But uh, other than that, Washington State really hadn't been heard from in football until Mike Leach got there. He was the national coach of the year. 
in 2018. So uh, he, you know, everybody, everybody who's talked about Mike Leach since his passing last night has said that uh, he was a major, he was a major innovator. He, he just was, and uh, that uh, you know the game of college football was changed by you know some of the styles and uh, uh, of Mike Leach, and uh, so it, it's really a shame to see somebody pass at the age of only sixty-one. And um, you know, you have health problems. If you don't have your health, what do you have? So yeah, you know, our, our thoughts, prayers, you know, go out to Mike Leach, the family, everybody connected with Mississippi State. It's a it's a sad day in college football. There's no question about that. Yeah, I, I, you bring up a good point. Almost all the schools, I think all of the schools weren't that he ever built really from. He built all of them from 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 the scratch, right? I think none of them were big time football schools. Or you know had much of a program until maybe Mississippi State, but outside of that, Texas Tech, right? Uh, Washington, Washington State. You mentioned none of those were were big time schools until he got there, at least. So, yeah, um, yeah it's a it's a it's a sad day for for college college football, nonetheless. I, I did speaking of the the football game last night. Did you see um, the injury to your guy? Who was was the guy used to play on the Dolphins last night? Uh, Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. Oh, did you, did you, did you no. see this? Uh, he got his cage rattled. Like, he was definitely wobbly. And the refs didn't stop it. Now, Nelson Aguilar, his, his wide receiver teammate, saw it and was really frantically trying to get the referees not to run because the, the, the Pats were in a hurry up. Okay. So there was, he was still on the field. You can just see him kind of wobbling as he was trying to get in his wide receiver stance. They end up, they end up stopping. The play he got their attention. Now uh, that injury to to the to the wide receiver is under review from the NFLPA uh, at this point because you know not only did he come out he was seemed to have some type of concussion uh, he was allowed to go back into the game so that's going to be uh, it's kind under, of like a witch hunt to under me. view. I, I get why they're doing it, but. Uh, well, listen. I, after not, not every after, single case needs to be a huge review. But listen, we we talked about this when it happened after Tua's situation earlier this year, where it was questionable, and they went to these rules now, where we, we told you there was gonna there are gonna be some misses at the time on um, maybe guys who aren't necessarily concussed. Although I, I got to say, Devontae Parker looked like he was concussed uh, on the field. I mean, he he looked like he got hit with a, a stiff right and was just wobbly. But you you knew they were gonna they were gonna we were gonna have some of these situations where um, a guy looks like he may have been concussed, may, it may be borderline, and they're gonna err on the side of caution. And now because of that, the scrutiny is gonna be turned up on it. Well, you know, the NFL also is still, you know, reeling from, uh, what was it, the Will Smith movie? I mean, that's like five, six years ago. But remember when that came out about the CTE thing and the passing of Junior Seau and the movie with Will Smith and the, and the fact that the National Football League had turned its head for so many years and, and not really paid any attention to CTE and had not really done the proper studies and had... You know, they were blamed for, you know, not caring about their yeah, players. Yeah. You know, a lot of that has quieted and died down a little bit since that time. But it's going to pick right back up pretty quick when Tua, you know, goes down in a national televised game on a Thursday night. And, you know, you, you see his arms shaking the way they were 
Uh, people are people are going to be critical of the league. So typically, the National Football League has to be careful here because you know if they if they even think if it even looks for a half a second like they're not paying close attention to concussions, then uh, you know there's going to be blood in the water and people are going to be going after them. Yeah, I mean, how long ago was that that we were having the con- concussion talk conversation? We're moving in like around ten years now, huh? Oh yeah, I'm trying so, to remember when that movie came out. Yeah, so my point Tell is, the truth. we are in a an era now where um, these type of situations spread like wildfire, yeah. and, and can get ugly. And it's not normal for the player that's involved to speak out. But Devontae Parker did that today in in a I don't know if it was an Instagram message or it was a tweet twi- a Twitter message. He said uh, he called out the NFL. Said get on y'all's Bleeping jobs. All right, well, if he NFL, says that, then I, then I will and back thanked, him. And he thanked Aguilar for being aware of the situation. So clearly he was he was not, he was not his body not was happy. there on the field, but his mind was not there. If, if that's his take, then, then, I, then I fall with him but that's, because he's but, the player. And, and you, but again, that is going to, if, as Chris said, if the NFL is not careful, this is going to be a different type of firestorm than it was 10 years ago with the way social media and all this work. Because everybody now gets, you know, their own still shots and, and action shots on Twitter to make their own opinion. They don't have to wait for a replay on TV now. Yeah, uh, 2015 was when Concussion came out. So that was uh, seven, seven years, years ago. ago. But, they, they, I mean, the NFL, I mean, how many, I, I mean, can we honestly sit here and say the NFL has made a lot of strides in the last seven years? I think we can. Absolutely. I think we can say that yeah. we've made they've made quite a few strides in terms of being careful. I mean, the targeting penalties that are in college football. And what's what's kind of our reaction as a fan almost every time there's a targeting stoppage? Oh, come on, man. That was just a regular tackle. And then they look at it again and there's a little bit of the crown of the helmet and you say, Well, it was just all part of the game. Well, they can't react to it that way no, anymore. They can't. They just can't. I mean, you know, throwing players out of games for targeting penalties seems a bit harsh, but that's the only way that we can make sure that football at least looks like they care about the health of these players. Right. And so if you're, if you're going to err, Scraby, you have to err on the side of caution. You just absolutely I have that, to. Yeah. And so there has to be, whether you know, you're going to call it an investigation or a review you know, because something went wrong last night. Devontae Parker got hit. He wobbled around a little bit, but they're in a hurry-up offense. He doesn't come off the field. Nelson Aguilar has to stop play. You know, I'm sure everybody yeah. wondering was what was going on. But, you know, good for Nelson Aguilar to do what he did. And you know what? If the game, if it was an advantage to one team or another because they're in a hurry-up, so be it. The health of these players has to be... At least we have to think it's paramount. I mean, that's that's a. I mean, even Nelson Aguilar doing what he did is is a is a acknowledgement to the change that has been made, even in the players' mind. Right? They yeah. there was a time everybody was quiet on this because they didn't Rub want some dirt on right. It. They go. didn't want to tell on anybody for perhaps you know taking food or, or money out of somebody's pocket. Um, now it, it, these guys recognize it, and so you know, kudos to to Nelson Aguilar for. Getting that game stopped because I'm telling you, Devontae Parker had his bell rung and was still in that game. Um, we seen what happened the following week after Tua got his bell rung and stayed in and came oh, back yeah. out. It was just it was it was a nightmare for the NFL. So you know, it was a nightmare for me was having both Ramondre Stevenson and Devontae Parker in fantasy football. So 
Nice. What happened to Ramondre Stevenson last night? Did Ankle he, he injury. Got hurt. He got hurt. He came too, back huh? in, but then he left. And yeah, he had no. He impact. said he might play next week. Uh, I think it was one of those things where they're like, we don't that really doesn't help your need you. Team last night. <laughs> no, no, it really doesn't help. Yes, you know, fantasy turned out to be all right. I ended up sneaking into playoffs. We'll get to that. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. You know what? Young I think it, to talk about later. I think that our <laughs> league needs some sort of uh, weight on points against. Oh, we need because to there's change a the rule. lot of points against, <laughs> or there's not a lot of points against for a lot of those playoff teams, and there's a lot of points against for the teams that actually. Actually, are good and score points. Mm, well, I see. You can't give up points. That's part of the, Scraby, the whole deal. Buddy. You should have cruised into the playoffs with that roster. D- that don't don't year. even start with me. I lost a couple to injury. Uh, Scraby it out. out. And by the way, by the way, Chris, this you're not allowed to make fun of me because I never talk trash about my team. Well, and no, this is why. No, we're still, this moment we're is We're still allowed to make fun of you because that didn't work either. <sighs> You still didn't make the playoffs. You know what? <laughs> Jamar Chase is a bum. Uh, Kareem Hunt is a bum. Kareem uh, Hunt. Pitts. Why do you have Kareem Hunt? Team? Kyle Pitts is a bum. Yeah, Cam well, Akers is a bum. You brilliantly drafted him pretty early, too. Well, Kyle Pitts is always... Every week, he's the fourth best <laughs> tight end in football. Every week, he's the fourth best tight end in football. Every week, he's like the last Stop tight end in football. Stop looking at the projections Don't all the time. Don't forget that of all of the teams heading into this league, Scraby got the gift of being able to place Jamar Chase, <laughs> well, he, the number right. five you know overall <laughs> player in all of fantasy football, he missed time as an eighth round draft choice. He missed time, he and missed that's right. the reason I'm not able to take advantage of it. He missed three the weeks. Playoffs. He missed a month. Four, four games four, is a lot. I'm sorry, he missed four weeks. Yeah. It has to be considered a major failure. It just You're a major to. failure. I'm, I expect it to be a major uh, failure. Let's get to break. When we come back, we're just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. Four hours in front of you. When we come back, talk a little bit about Kyler Murray and that ACL injury. Chris Ello said he swallowed his whistle last night. We got to talk about this. We now go to our resident referee, Chris Sello. Of course, when we return, we're going to Chris. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ross Stripling was 10-4 and four last year with a 3.01 ERA. That's enough to get him $25 million today. To your contract with the San Francisco Giants. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr. and Matt Scraby. Together in our Odyssey Palace studios on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3, the fan, uh, Stripling signed today. Mike Zanino, a catcher who was injured most of last season, uh, played on only 36 games with the Tampa Bay Rays, has signed a one-year deal with the Cleveland Guardians. And uh, we mentioned earlier that the Padres' former reliever, Pierce Johnson, has signed a one-year contract with the Colorado Rockies, uh, Johnson, ten and nine in his career with a four point zero five ERA. He was in three postseason games last year for the Padres. All right, uh, we're going to talk some uh, baseball a little bit later in the program. Alex Pavlovich from uh, NBC Sports Bay Area will join us. Giants not only signing Ross Stripling today, but inking former Padre Sean Manaya yesterday. And so we'll uh, check in on the uh, Gigantes uh, with uh, Alex Pavlovich uh, a little bit later in the program. Of course, San Francisco still reeling from the fact they thought they had Aaron Judge, huh. but they do not. And uh, the Yankees apparently are going to be making a formal offer shortly to Carlos Rodon. The former Giants starter could be heading to the Big Apple. Um, all right, so last night, I just want to say hi out there to the Mar Vista high school basketball coach. Really good guy. And uh, I refed his basketball game last night, Tony. What did you do, Chris? I didn't do anything. (laughs) And that's the problem, I guess, as far as he's concerned. Um, First of all, he uh, was very kind. He came up and said hello before the game started, said he listens to the show, and he was excited to have a, quote, celebrity working his game last night. Oh, yeah, he was there. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> that was my response. And I, I must tell you guys that uh, it was Mar Vista versus Claremont. And I don't know what got into me last night, Tony, but I became that official that I'm not a big fan of. Uh-oh. I became that official who calls everything. <gasps> I had a very tight rein on that game last night. My partner and I, we we started calling the hand checks early in the game. Hell no. And, yeah, normally I don't do that. You can't handshake, though. Normally, I, mean, that's, that's I know a, you can't. That's a call. A lot of times I let it go, and I didn't let any of that are, go are we talking? Night. Are we talking hand inside? Are we talking kind of bent elbow? No, we're talking hand inside oh, and, wow. and reaching penalty fouls, and all of that was called all night long. So there was a lot of fouls. Both teams, we were very consistent. There was no way you could complain about a lack of consistency. We started calling it tight from the beginning. And we kept it going throughout the game. So anyway, it turned out to be a pretty good game. And uh, both teams uh, made the adjustments to our calls. They stopped reaching in. They stopped hand-checking. And it it turned into a very exciting game in the fourth quarter. And Claremont was leading by three points with nine seconds to play. And Mar Vista had the ball inbounding under the Claremont basket. So they're in the front court. And they passed the ball in with nine seconds to go. And, of course, they needed to go for a three-point shot to try and tie the game. And the kid from Mar Vista went up for the three-point shot. He was contested. He fell down. He fell back down to earth on his feet, and then he stumbled to the ground. 
right in front of the Mar Vista coach, <laughs> who was going crazy that the calling official on the play, who happened to be me, did not blow his whistle at all. And uh, I didn't think it was a foul. So uh, play on. They showed the shot missed. Claremont got the rebound, secured the victory. And the Mar Vista coach gave me the old, well, you've called everything all night long. How come you're not calling that? I've never seen anyone ever do that. And i got to be honest with you, man. I, I wouldn't take it back. That's the call I made. I think it was the right call. Um, I, I don't think there was a foul. And um, but I mean I was you know I, I felt some type of way all night long. I said this guy's a great guy. He loves the show, and here now he thinks I just cost him a basketball game. Chris, by proxy and of the show, you you should have just called the foul. They should have called the foul. Yep. Well, that would have been no, fair if, to No, if you didn't see, if you thought the co- the contest was legit, yeah, he gave him the landing space to come down. That's what I and felt. he fell and he fell afterwards. You gotta go with your with your gut, man. With yeah. your eyes saw. That's what my eyes saw. So I did not make the call. And believe me, if there had been any contact, I would have protected the shooter and I would have awarded the three shot foul. Uh, by the way, and how, they would have had a chance to tie it up. How but, often do you hear us, everybody else, say we want we don't want games decided by a whistle? I understand that, but as I've told you before, sometimes not calling a foul can decide the game. <laughs> well, because if it really was a foul, but it wasn't, then I should have called one. But I didn't feel it was, and I, so you I know, love the fact that you felt bad. But you're sticking to your guns. I it, did. Was, it was it was a call. It. As I said earlier at the in the segment, I'm saying hello to the Mar Vista coach. I'm not sending out an apology. <laughs> I don't feel like I. I'm sorry, Mar Vista coach. <laughs> I apologize on behalf of the show. We appreciate uh, him listening, and uh, you know, it just it didn't go his way, and uh, that's the way it is. But. Um, you know, like I said, and Tony said, Tony echoed, I didn't think it was a foul. Um, I will say this. If we had replay in high school basketball, if you could challenge a call. You would have been happy. I would have been more than happy to look at it again and, uh, you know, see if uh, if there was any contact on the replay. I did not see any contact, and therefore I could not call the foul, and I did not. And Marvista came up a little short last night. So that is me Quote, swallowing my whistle last night in the game. That sounds uh, like a, 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 if there's ever a case of something good by swallowing your whistle, this is that case. I hope so. Yeah. I, I, I really do. I hope that, I, I hope that like the Mar Vista coach does not have a clear cut tape replay <laughs> of this showing some contact. In today's world, they. Yeah, it, please send it to Scraby. It will make his life. Yes. He would love to see that. Uh, real quick, uh, I think it's important we shout these schools out because they represented San Diego well in uh, in football this yes. year, winning state titles. Granite Hills, Lincoln, Modern Day, and Classical Academy all win state football titles here in San Diego. Lincoln taking down uh, the big dog, De La Salle. Yes, that was amazing. Really impressive uh, performance wow. by Lincoln to yeah. take down De La Salle. There were four San Diego high school teams that got to the state championship game, and all four won over the weekend. That's legit. So that is because you hear so many times that San Diego you know, high school football doesn't doesn't match up with the rest of the state. Not well, true. Apparently they did this year, so... Congratulations to all four schools for that, for sure. All right, and we'll take a quick timeout, come back. The World Baseball Classic is coming up in a month or so, a couple of months, actually. 
And is it going to have an effect on the San Diego Padres start to their season? We'll discuss that and some other stuff when Gwen and Chris return. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Kenny Maine is back with season two of his podcast. Hey, Maine. Yeah, it was a short off season, but Kenny has some great guests he was really looking forward to speaking with. Download Hey, Maine on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. 237, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Hello, Matt Scraby. Uh, World Baseball Classic is back after a little bit of a hiatus uh, due to COVID and um, a collective bargaining agreement that needed to be finished is back. And, uh, you know, a lot of times there are, there is, um, you know, there's folks who wonder how does this affect the regular season? And um, with the likes of, it looks like at this point, Manny Machado playing for the Dominican, you Darvish for Japan, Nick Martinez representing the USA. Uh, those three guys will have a little bit different buildup then um, the controlled environment or a little bit more controlled environment of a spring training, Chris. And, you know, I, I have often thought, at least the thing that I notice is that from a position player standpoint, because you are playing in those type of games, assuming, you know, both the, both the in this case, for Padres case, the Dominican Republic gets into the, the games that are serious, um, you're playing some high-level baseball extremely early in the season. Um, yeah. There's not a buildup like there would normally be for spring training. You kind of build. You're, you're, you're taking some at-bats that actually matter in the months of March. And so I've always, it always seemed like to me that those guys come in, it's much like the guys who play winter ball all offseason come in the spring and are ready to roll. Um, it kind of works the same way, it seems like, for position players. You get off to, uh, you come into the season with a little bit of urgency already in your blood, I think it bodes well for a lot of a lot of position players. Yeah, I think it would be great. I mean, for a position player, I mean, somebody like Manny Machado to get all of these at bats and high leverage situations, uh, it's only going to help him hit the ground running once you know we come around to April and the start of the big league season. The concern is obviously somebody like you know you Darvish, right. now, Nick Martinez, not so much. I mean, to me. Uh, unless he's going to be starting game United States team, uh, Martinez is going to be pitching out of the bullpen. To me, that's like it's high leverage, but it's just a throwing session. As far as you Darvish is concerned, starting games for Japan, I mean, he's going to be taxing his arm, right? I mean, how many games is he going to wind up pitching? I, I, I don't know the format for the World Baseball Classic. It's it's very confusing to me. I know there's games in Japan, there's games in Taiwan. Then I guess what everybody reconvenes in the United States when you get down to the final several teams and I think they try it. to they try to keep the teams closest to their home. So right. 
it, you know, the the teams that are further east will play out towards that that area versus the teams that are further west will play probably in the United yeah. States and in other places. Yeah, right. they have Chase Field and then um, Miami. Yeah, yeah, the finals are going to be played in Miami, and I and I have to wonder, can Lone Depot Park in Miami actually hold a sellout crowd full of baseball fans? <laughs> I don't believe there's ever been more than 5,000 fans in that park at any one time. This might be the opportunity for us to see it, though. This might be the first time ever that there's actually some fans in that ballpark. But uh, I I would be not – I'm not concerned if I'm the Padres, but I think you have to keep a very close eye on what you Darvish does in this tournament, how much he pitches – you know how taxed he's going to be. Uh, on the flip side of that, like, but on the flip side of that, you're talking about Nick Martinez and not being an issue. However, if he is starting, yeah, no, for the Padres, the it'll be the same thing. Is he right. going to get enough build up in right, that time frame? Too, right, Tony. That's a very good point. And you know, I the, the question I would have is how much control, if any, do the Padres have over the ja- the Japanese coaching staff? And their usage of you, Darvish. I mean, what if what if it's a zero zero tie in an elimination game, and Darvish is pitching tremendous, and he's up over one hundred and ten pitches? The Japanese coach got to take him out because they're worried about April. Are they going to keep him in? And should they have to take him out? And listen for the good of the Padres, or should they be keeping him in for the good of Japan? What we do know is that these dudes would. When they get in, in environments like that, it's not going to be an easy pull. You're not going to just walk out there and be like, hey, you, you're done, man. I, yeah. you got, we got to get you ready. When you get into the environment where you are representing your country, it, it, it gets a little more complicated Absolutely. for guys in terms of getting them to comply with whatever the, the it's being asked of them. I could see you, Darvish, you know, not, I don't want to say missing some starts with the Padres, but I could see the Padres, you know, depending on how much he pitches in this tournament, you know, giving him a little extra time potentially. Now, supposedly the World Baseball Classic is going to be over by what March twenty first, something right. like that. Right. Well, that's only ten days before the start of the regular season. Now, you know, you might say to yourself, "Well, I'm, Darvish will be ramped up. Maybe he'll be able to go seven innings in his first start." Yeah, maybe the Padres won't look at it quite like well, that. Here's the other thing to keep in mind that, that may could ease your tension, your 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 mind on this. Uh, remember, you Darvish came into spring training last year ready to like throw throw, which is unusual, right? Um, my guess is because of the World Bo- Baseball Classic, these guys are well. You hope, and you just knowing you Darvish and the likes of Nick Martinez. You know these guys are going to be in tip-top shape just for that. So that I think that's a good thing, right? They're, they're going to come into this prepared for what's going to be put on them. They also, they've committed. So we're at, what, December 13th? They got time to plan this out and put themselves in the best position because that's ultimately all you can ask at this yeah. point. But you got to be you got to be cringing a little bit if you're the Padres and you Darvish runs out there for the top of the eighth inning and he's already <laughs> thrown 115 pitches. You know, that's going to yeah, concern no. you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, hopefully so it doesn't hopefully get to that. Hopefully that doesn't get to that. Uh, it's interesting. I'm looking at the uh, all-world baseball classic all-star teams from the 2017 tournament, the last time this was played. The United States did win it uh, the last time that it was That was the first played. time winning it, wasn't it? Yes, Japan won the first two. 
And then the Dominican Republic won in 2013. The United States won in 2017. Some of the guys on the All-Star team, one of them was Kodai Senga, Ah, the Japanese team. He was in the All-World Baseball Classic All-Star team. Marcus Stroman was the MVP of the 2017 tournament. He was carving in that tournament. And there were two other Americans that made the all-WBC team. I wouldn't expect you to name them, but I think you'll find them interesting. One was Christian Yelich. The other? Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Eric Hosmer was an all-WBC team He balled team out player. in that tournament. Yeah, had a great tournament. So uh, we'll see. I, You know what? I've personally, for whatever reason, never gotten that into the World Baseball Classic. Maybe this year... I'll have a little more, pay a little bit closer attention to it. But. I went to the game that uh, Adam snatched that homer from oh, man, man in yeah. center field. It was it was pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it, nuts. I, I, adv- I would honestly advise that you go watch a game. It's different. It, it, it has a winter ball feel, and I know most people have never been to a winter ball game. It is the energy in the building is it's probably much like you experienced – during the playoffs for the Padres. Like, you get that kind of buzz. It's that kind of, you know, you got the, the drums going in the back. It's it's pretty it's pretty intense, man. It's pretty intense. Those those teams take it very seriously, as, as yeah. they should. Well, you'd have to go to Phoenix, right? Because it's, uh, right. it's not going to be here this year. This yeah. time. It's going to be at Phoenix <laughs> or Miami. Uh, the championship game, indeed, will be played on March the 21st. So uh, it'll be over by that time. But it's about a two-week tournament. And uh, you know we'll see. I, I I know what you're talking about, Tony. I've been to, I went to many Mexico Team Mexico yeah. uh, soccer matches when they used to play at Qualcomm Stadium, and they used I mean seventy five thousand people yeah. there, you know, for a friendly against Norway or something like that, and it's quite the scene. So uh, these fans, um, you know, they get they get behind their 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 teams for sure, and it is a little different atmosphere. I, you know, I think it's it's exciting. Um, I couldn't have told you prior to a half an hour ago when I looked it up who won the last time they did this. So that that just shows my lack of interest in it. But that doesn't mean that everybody else has the same lack of interest. I, I just didn't know. That shows my lack of interest in it. <laughs> my own personal lack of interest. I, I don't know. March is time for the NCAA basketball tournament. March, you know, I'm getting ready for baseball, NBA, and you know, starting to close down a season. I'll say I this: just never quite. Uh, it's never really got got my attention. I'll say this: it, it's it's a good way to get into baseball season with a little more energy. I'll just say that because I mean, you know, it's it's March, as you said. There's there's March Madness going on. Um, you know, football has just ended. Not that you know, so. You're moving into baseball time of year, and usually it's a slow build because it's spring training. But if if you have some time, watch these games. It'll it'll get you revved up for some important baseball in March, which you just it's hard to find that you don't. Scraby, do you have uh, some of the rosters? I know the United States team is loaded uh, yes. this year. They've yes. got uh, quite a few talented players. That uh, um, agreed to play. Yeah, I have uh, the Dominican Republic's uh, pitching staff, and it's very good. Tony and I were going through this during the break, but it's going to be Sandy Alcantara, 
Luis Castillo, Christian Javier, Luis Severino, Framber Valdez, Freddy Peralta. My goodness. So that's they got like three Astros in that, in that row, two Astros in that rotation. Um, some of the other players on Team USA, Mike Trout is, is one of this them. This is his first one. Is it? Yes. I didn't know that was his first one. This is his first one. Uh, Mark DeRosa is going to be the manager of the team. Ken Griffey yes. Jr. is the fact, hitting uh, coach. Mark DeRosa walked through the, uh, <laughs> the hotel last week and Tony Gwynn Jr., as he did to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> welcomed him to San Diego with a "Hey, Skip." He did. He did. That was pretty good. I got a good. Week. I got a good laugh out of too. Um, yeah. I'm sure he hasn't got used to hear it referred to as Skipper yet. Right. <laughs> the the rest of the team. Mookie Betts is on Team USA. Trey Turner, um, your favorite Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Pete Alonso, Will Smith. I mean, the names are on this team. It's a pretty good. Uh, pretty good list. Yeah. Now, was there anybody that uh, I don't know that the you know, the United States Baseball Committee asked to be on the team and turned it down. Do we know about that? I haven't. Heard I haven't of seen any anything like that. But it's that much of an honor that if you're asked to participate, that pretty much everybody can. It sounds like everybody, you know, pretty much commits to it if they get the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. There's a, Tim Anderson is another one. So I, I guess when you have all those guys on the team, it's hard for you to say no when you got guys like Mike Trout, Paul Goldschmidt. Nolan Arenado on the team as well. One thing that certainly happened is that baseball, I mean, if they would have had the World Baseball Classic in, I don't know, when I was growing up in 1970s, they might not have had a, uh, They wouldn't have been players. able to field the other teams. No. Or right. at least they would have been able to only field them with people you've never heard of. You know, but now, as Scraby said, I mean, that Dominican Republic starting rotation <sighs> sounds like a Cy Young Award winning group. And, uh, you know, Japan's got some, some outstanding players and Korea and Puerto Rico and. You know, just right on down the line. I mean, all of these, all of these countries are, are for not all of them, but most of them are fortified with Major League Baseball talent. So that does make it, you know, an, an interesting, an interesting, uh, you know, situation to to see, you know, which country plays the best over two weeks, and it's quite the challenge to win it. I mean, imagine the United States could have won it pretty much at will. You yeah, know, they, 40, they, 30, they 30, 40 years ago. They, yeah, that that has changed, and, and it's a, yeah. really a testament to the game of baseball and how much it's expanded, like worldwide now at this right. point. That you can have this many competitive teams. And I tell you what, baseball out of all of the sports, um, upsets can be had, uh, no matter what the of team, well, no matter what the teams look baseball. like, and that's why it's it can be interesting. You, you'll see, uh, uh, you'll see an Israeli team. All of a sudden, make a run and be able to and be in a game against some really good competition. Their guy on the bump that day is good. You yeah, know, your, so, your uh, momentum is only as good as that day's starting pitcher, 100%. as the old saying goes. So, yeah, I, you know what? We're talking about it, so I'm probably going to have a little more interest yeah. than I normally do. Yeah, because uh, it's the first one in six years. I tell you what, it disappeared I, from I, from view for a while. I remember as a player, like during spring training, like. Guys are, are, guys, are guys are guys are tuned into it. You yeah. know those games are, uh, especially when I, I think I was on the West Coast the last time I was playing and they had one, and you know those games are up on the screen. The, the games out in, in Florida or Miami are being played, and guys are paying attention to it. Guys are getting updates on their walkie talkies as they're out there. Who who won? Because guys are interested in it. So you know I I, I would suggest uh, getting. Taking a look at if you have it. You know what's also interesting about um, Otani playing for Japan is that the manager at the winter meetings, Hideki Kiriyama, said that he plans to use him as a two-way player, but he's not sure if he's going to use him as a starter or a closer. 
So I guess you could use you Darvish as like a closer. And so if you I'm sure to. Angels Angels fans are like, oh my <laughs> lord, yeah, <laughs> <try> <laughs> closer. Yeah. Oh my god. That's the last thing they want to see. You know, the other thing about the World Baseball Classic, we have a second here before the break. I, I think you know what we're seeing with the Dominican Republic team, Puerto Rico, everything Latin America. I think it underscores the importance of Roberto Clemente oh, to the world of baseball. Without a doubt. You know, we 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 have slowly started to include Roberto Clemente in some of the honoring that they do around Major League Baseball. Now, Jackie Robinson Day, April 15th. I think everybody pretty much is aware of that. Everybody wears number 42. We celebrate the life and the history of Jackie Robinson. And everybody's on board with that, and they should certainly be on board with that. And I don't ever want to diminish it in any way. But I think what Roberto Clemente did for baseball by breaking through the Latin American baseball player is something that baseball is just starting to kind of get a hold of now. And I don't see any problem with having a you know summertime date where everybody wears number 21 and honors Roberto Clemente, especially with the makeup of the major leagues nowadays, Tony. I mean, every team's got a half dozen, if not more, Latin American ball players. I think it's something that baseball needs to continue to increase the exposure so that people are, you know, take the time to learn about Roberto because he's, uh, he's one of the great, uh, great uh, icons of the game of baseball. No, there's no question. There's been a push here as of late to, to get Roberto Clemente a day. And, I, you know, it, it's funny you bring it up. The World Baseball Classic, I think, is going to highlight the success that the game has, has had in Dominican and Venezuela and Puerto Rico specifically. But it's also going to highlight uh, the deficiencies the game has had at home here in the United States in terms of uh, more black ball players. Now, I will say this last draft was very, very impressive in terms of getting more uh, American players of color in the game. Uh, I think the top ten picks were were were, were had a, had a bunch of guys who were were black kids that are playing. So uh, you hope to start seeing that you know mixed in on the USA side of things. But certainly, what you're going to see in the World Baseball Classic is the impact. Roberto Clemente has had in the Dominican, um, in Venezuela, in in Puerto yeah. Rico, the impact because these these aren't just going to be teams that are are like out there playing. These are going to be amongst the best teams that the USA will play in in this classic, without a doubt. Yeah, Roberto Clemente is a hero in so many ways, and he died uh, on New Year's Eve, nineteen seventy two. Uh, after there had been an earthquake in Nicaragua, yeah. and he was bringing, helping to bring supplies to the people that had uh, survived that major earthquake back then, and he died in a plane crash tragically, far too young. Roberto Clemente, one of the greats. I hope baseball continues its effort to honor him. Without a doubt. Let's get to break. When we come back, Daily Gambit. We're also going to talk about the Aztecs getting back on track last night. Some of those guys we talked about who may have been struggling. They got back on the right path. We're going to Chris on the way. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 